This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Blues Writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, we reflect on the breath of fresh air, which has been the start of the Cowley era, with some early insight into what we've picked up from the new management team, including what it's like in one of the Cowley's press conferences. We look back at Kenny Jackett's time at Pompey, and why it went wrong. Look at the run-in, how Pompey would deal with their striker crisis and some insight into dealing with managers who blow their tops in pressers. We are now available from wherever you download your podcast, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen, Blues Writer Will Rooney. And we're back. We're back. A bit like Pompey's playoff hopes are back. So, so it feels um, and a bit of an absence with a, a chaotic period. Uh, obviously the change in manager. Um, and it's our first co- po- uh, podcast since the appointment of uh, Danny Cowley Chaps. So Is it really? Probably, it seems like ages ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a couple of weeks and uh, under the pump with so much happening, we won't be able to get around to doing a podcast. But uh, so we we'll just start on, yeah. What what the narrative and your your feelings on on the, on the appointment uh, of Danny Cowley and how it's been for you, Neil? Um, yeah, I say he's obviously breezed into the football club. First, first of all, I just want to say it's all very well people sort of moaning about Kenny Jacket saying what a terrible appointment, what a terrible manager he's been. He's won more than a hundred games as Pompey manager. Um, and despite what people say, they've not been all in the EFL trophy, you know. So he's won a hell of a lot of matches. He's done a lot of good, but ultimately he didn't get promotion with this division. That's how we judge him. He didn't get it. He didn't even win a playoff game. So in that respect, he failed. But I think you still need to give him a bit of respect and say, look, he won more than a hundred games. Uh, so he got Pompey to, to Wembley twice in, in cup finals. Um, and uh, for, for me, the first season as well, stabilising the club um, was excellent. But he didn't do what he, he, was, he was here to achieve uh, and he had to go. And for, for my, I believe he should have left in the summer after Oxford. But here we are with, with Danny Cowley, who's breezed into the football club full of positivity, uh, a different way of managing. All managers have different ways, don't they? Paul Cook was completely different to Kenny Jacket. Um um, so everyone's got different ways of managing and he, he, it's been a breath of fresh air hasn't he Danny Cowley positive um, uh, engaging um, it's, it's been wonderful and, and two very different performances to what we're used to and uh, especially that first half against Shrewsbury was excellent wasn't it uh, the players have clearly bought into it very quickly um, and we're seeing Marcus Harness looks a different player um, especially, so it's it's been fantastic, isn't it? And we're all invigorated for that final ten games, aren't we? Where uh, 
the car coming back from from Wembley. Uh, it was uh, well, we were dreading. Oh dear. We were dreading Peterborough away in the rest of the season, but suddenly we're we're, we're all up for it, and the, the whole supporter base is reinvigorated, lifted, and we're excited again. Fantastic. Yeah, oh, uh, Neil's quite right, Will, to pick up on and probably reflect firstly on the on Kenny Jackett's tenure. So, what what for you? What were the defining points and 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 in between? I do just what sticks in your mind and what were the uh, successes and failures of Kenny's time? I think what always sticks out for me will be the missed opportunity in 2018-19. You think of that side that he put together. Nathan Thompson at the back there, just Clark, Brown, Gilvin, Gold, you know, Jamal Lowe, Ronan Curtis was raw. Ben Thompson first half of the season. That was such a missed opportunity, wasn't it, that season? Um when they were top of Christmas comfortably, and then yeah. the second half of the season, he, he capitulated. They haven't, for me, Pompey have not had a better team or squad than that, or in terms of, of talented players, and you, you're looking at the likes of Matt Clark and Jamal Lowe, yeah. they haven't been replaced. Obviously, they were going to be tough to replace, weren't they, given yeah. what they've, they've gone on to do now. But that's what sticks out for me. And then, unfortunately, after that, the games I remember are the bad <laughs> ones. Wickham away. Wimbledon away, Wigan at home, Northampton, because even though there were high points after that, you never got the impression that Pompey hit the peak again. Um, they obviously had a hangover after the Sunderland playoffs, they got back to it. They were never really putting teams to the swords, got beat by Oxford. Was anyone convinced they'd finish in the playoffs, that se- uh, the top two that season when it was curtailed? No, I don't think they mm. were. And then this season, okay, they had a good run between October and November before Christmas, but after that, apart from that, it just hasn't been good enough. So, unfortunately for me, as I said, Kenny Jackett does a great job and, you know, he gets a lot of flack, um, especially for his recruitment, actually, as well. I think his, his recruitment a lot of plays. He's, I've never been worried about his recruitment in terms of the plays he's brought in, but it's the you know and from a personal point he was he was great to deal with we all know he's a, he was a consummate professional but Neil's rice if Pompey had pursued him any longer I think they were going to be in the mire for the for the rest of the season and you couldn't see things changing so so it had to happen and, and as Neil said the Carlies have come in and just breathed new life into the football club and the players the players just needs a new voice didn't they and new ideas you know that staleness you could you could see was was around the club and around the players and it was it's hard to get them out of that. And mm. now they've got a manager, a forward-thinking manager, who's very much of the modern day, who, who seems to have lifted them all. Just one more on, on, on Kenny, before we look forward with a bit more optimism, Neil. It gets bandied around that Kenny lost the dressing room. What What's your assessment of that? Uh, for me, perhaps it's uh, that's a, a, an unfair, speaking to the players, it seemed like perhaps it was more a case of the confidence was shot under Kenny rather than the players... Um, Rebelling against the manager. Well, first, first of all, Will mentioned the word stale, and it had become stale at the football club. It, it, it was obvious, and Kenny had been here near four years, which is incredibly long time for a manager in the modern era, isn't it? And players get used to his ways, gets too over familiar with things, and I suppose they switch off to a point, don't they? They became the same manager time and time again. Um, I mean, it's easy to bandy a, a word around like lost the dressing room and they weren't playing for him anymore, but I've said this before. If if you if you go to Wembley in a cup final, why are you going to down tools because you don't like the manager? 
You're going to go out there again. Oh, I'm going to play badly today. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered winning the trophy. And again, I, I repeat to myself in, when I've said this before, if, if you, why are you going to down tools when you have the chance to get to the championship for the first time in your career to get a bumper pay offer? Uh, bonuses mm. you know you're not going to down that because you don't like the manager or, or he's disillusioned with the manager are you at all it doesn't make any sense at all and every football club at league one and league two level especially have a lot of players out of contract every season it happens Ender mm. Stevens is out of contract at, at Pompey wasn't he when they won the title mm. did he down tools did he think oh no I'm out of contract I can't be bothered giving him my all he got player of the year didn't he so mm. it, it, it's ridiculous to suggest players can't be bothered giving their all because they're coming up out of contract. Nonsense. Um, it's very easy to say, lots of dressing room. He, without doubt, Jacket fell out with players. So has every manager Pompey have ever had. They've fallen out with players. It, it comes out, in time you'll hear the reasons why. You know, Kenny Jacket fell out with Pittman, he fell out with Evans. He fell out with players. So did, so, so did Paul Cook. So did Harry Redknapp. It's Harry. not new. Paul Cook, look the way he treated Curtis Mann in the end. Disgusting. But players fall out with managers. It happens. Uh, let's not get silly about I don't like the way he's treated players. It happens. Um, so, so yeah, it, it needed a change. It had gone stale. Stale's the precise word that you should use because it just needed a fresh voice, fresh ideas, fresh vision. Um, and that's what the Cowlers have given. And please, let's not pile on to, to Joe Gallen, saying, oh, he's a Kenny man, getting him out of the club. Joe Gallen, is, it was the opposite to Kenny Jacket, really popular among the players, real positive figure around the place, lovely, lovely man, and you can see why he stayed at the club as well for the time being, uh, to mm-hmm. give that continuity. And, well, it's, it's given Pompey a, a fresh outlook going into the final 10 games, and they have every chance of getting in the playoffs, which you always thought they had anyway. But uh, it was fading badly under Kenny Jacket, and it was time to leave. Yeah, I guess that you would have hoped Pompey made the playoffs, Will. But it was what happened. What happened when you got there, wasn't it? That was the fear, and oh, like, yes. like the last, the, like the last two seasons. But um, you were the man, the boy Rooney, that uh, got the in on Danny Cowley. So uh, just give us an insight into how that emerged and your conversations with Danny. As it kicked on from, well, when was it? Probably Sunday when the sacking took place. When was it? By Monday, Tuesday that that, that, that emerged? Yeah, I think it was obviously Kenny got sacked Sunday morning. Then by the Monday, Danny Carley had heard that Pompey were interested. They got in touch with, with some of his representatives, understands. And he was really, really wrangling whether to um, to take the job or not. I think at first he thought end of the season. Nah, that's not for me. I'm just been... You know, I'm out of the game now, but as as you know, and I'm sure you're going to detail, he was um, spending time at home, but he was staying active and, and, and improving himself as a coach, him and, him and Nicky, um, while they were based in, in Lincoln. But I think as he, as he thought about it more, the concept of coming to, to Fratton Park, a big club, a club that is a championship club, it starts, it starts to tempt more. And um, I think when he woke up on the Tuesday morning, um, he fancied it then, and then it went from there. Obviously, um, obviously, conversation took place. He met with the eyes as as, as Neil reporters, and then Friday, he, um, he was announced as manager. So, I think the conversation I was, I, I didn't think he was going to take it. I just thought he's just done. He'd done a good job at Huddersfield, mm. kept them up. Surprisingly, sacked, and obviously, you look at it now. What Huddersfield have done, they're in the exact same position as as where they finished last season. 
So he's probably thinking, well, I thought my stock's, yeah, he might have been thinking, my stock's still high. I'm still in the public eye because I'm doing, you know, I'm doing punditry and I'm not out of sight, out of mind. A job's going to come around, but the opportunity of Fratton Park proved too tempting. It's, as we know, a great club and a sleeping giant in League One. And if he gets Pompey up, he's going to be etched into, into folklore forever. And even if he doesn't get them up, if he makes a good impression, which we know he's doing, there's a very, very good chance it'll be extended this summer. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a piece of business to get them on a a short-term deal, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, because we know for a fact Stendhal turned it down because he didn't want a short-term deal. Nira Harris turned it down. And there are other managers as well. And um, you, you think for them, they're thinking, well, why, why do we want to come to a club for 12 weeks or whatever? And um, mm. So good, good on them, really, the Cowleys. Um, they've backed themselves, haven't they? Uh, they've not come here for the money. Um, uh, they've backed themselves to make an impact, make an impression, and stay here longer. And that, and that's that's a win-win, surely for everyone, isn't it? If Pompey go to get to the playoffs, okay, well they were out of it when they arrived, and if they do, look what job these two have done. So um, I think it's been I think it's been very cute from Mark, Mark Catlin in that decision because uh, he can have a good look at them and then there'll be more manager options in the summer he knows that there's, there's clearly managers who have intimated that they'd be willing to move to Pompey managers in current jobs willing that, that they come over in the summer but that might be taken up by the Cowleys such uh, is the performance they've done and we'll see that it's only two games in we've got ten games left haven't we um, football's, football's notoriously fickle isn't it so, John, um, you've obviously been keeping abreast. Like, do you get the impression with your columns today, and you know all the all the stuff they've been doing out of work? Do you get the impression that that they are making a good impression, and and that there will be a temptation from Mark Catlin and the hierarchy that they'll keep them longer than the summer, even if they don't get promoted? I, 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 I don't know if I'm talking out of turn here, but I had some conversations with Mark. Um, um, and not where we want to know what what's the detail of the contract. I mean, what what is, is there any is there a clause in there? We, we we want to know that, don't we? We want to know is it is it something if they achieve a certain level of success, do they get an automatic deal? How do the club protect themselves if they are successful? Can they then go elsewhere? There was a polite mm. no, there was a polite no comment from Mark, <laughs> 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 um, but I think he, he's aware that. Um, they're having a good look at I think that like Neil said, like you know, having a good look at each other's the kind of the, the phrase there. There's also don't underestimate fan power on this one as well. Um don't underestimate that because if they continue to react as the, the fans have done and they make the impress, impression they do, then it'd be hard for the club not to give them give them a deal. I think that's something that Mark sort of intimated as well, that they're gonna that's gonna probably play a role in how things go and how how the you know how successful the season is or otherwise, but uh, yeah, they've been a breath of breath of fresh air is the turn of phrase, isn't it? That's one we keep we keep coming to and well, um, you, you you mentioned about the the clause and the contract and staying here beyond that. They were asked themselves, weren't they, in their, in their first interview with us, and uh, they yeah. dodged it as well, didn't they? So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, so, the, so the chief executive's been asked, the the, man, the manager and assistant have been asked, and they've avoided it. So clearly, something's there. Um, but yeah, they, it has been put to them. But uh, yeah, no one quite wants to go into depth about that, which is very interesting. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, in those situations, as we well know, it's almost what isn't said, isn't it? That you can like you then can uh, 
ascertain probably that, that, that there is something in there, isn't it? Otherwise, they'd be probably a bit, a bit more forthcoming, wouldn't they? Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's one to watch this space on. But uh, we've had we had our third Danny Cowley presser yesterday in terms of pre-match. Each one's gone beyond an hour so far. <laughs> very very extensive answers. Chaps between the pair of you, can you give an insight into what a, a Danny Cowley press conference is like um, since he's been here at Pompey? He, he throws him these wonderful tidbits he don't expect. Um, whereas Kenny was very straight, uh, would answer any question you put to him. Oh yeah, a, a, a great example with Kenny I always remember is that infamous Coventry game three all at Fratton Park. And with a manager like Kenny, you can say to him, why did you make that substitution with, with Christian Burgess? You can say to him, do you regret making that substitution with Christian Burgess? And he would tell you, and he won't get offended by it. He won't get irritated or angry by it, whereas plenty of managers would, especially straight after the game. But Kenny will answer every question. Um, Cowley, he answers every question at length by throwing in random things such as, you know, do you think you've got a striker crisis? My dad used to play centre-forward, actually, and just talk all about his dad, how he used to be a striker and jokes about how we would play. And uh, he's done that a few times. He likes going off at little tangents, doesn't he? Uh, just, just little, Very cute. Yeah, and it, and it gives you an insight into little stories. I think he said to you, didn't he, the story about how... Um, he dropped the strike after scoring, was it four games, goals in a game or something? Seven, seven goals and he dropped him for the weekend and then the <laughs> replacement the replacement came in and scored three or four goals and then he dropped him again and he was kind of saying it was at Concord Rangers so they were kind of well down the spectrum and it, the, the fact he was doing it made BBC. Um, but it was a really good anecdote but it was also a way of deflecting away from what I was actually asking him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tried to get to the bottom bottom of whether Ronan Curtis would play up front or something like that and he just absolutely just went off on a, a tangent very, very smart he's very smart I said to him I said, I said to him straight what are your options up front uh, against Rochdale and he paused didn't he and he, he, he says how do I say this without giving anything away and he was very careful not to give anything away wasn't it and, uh, and he still answered the question at length and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating the route is fascinating one day I'll sit down with him and talk to him about it because the route is incredible, really. Mm. Um, his, his route into, into, into football from being a promising schoolboy player and, and injury and, and all sorts. And uh, he's a fascinating character. We didn't quite get into the, into the psyche of Kenny Jacket behind the mask. Didn't, no one does with Kenny Jacket. No but, one does. The, the famous story uh, about uh, he was asked his favourite TV programme, wasn't it, after the match of the day? <laughs> what, was his, what, what was his response, Will? Monday. Monday Night Sport Monday, Monday, Monday Night Football that's all. yes his favourite programme was think, the match of the day was that yeah I think other, other sports yeah, I didn't watch it I don't really watch any other sports other than football didn't he so. well, uh, oh, yeah. do you remember our, do you remember I, our colleague Lewis Mason I wasn't at the press was he? <laughs> he actually I'm telling you I wasn't there so I might be getting it wrong but didn't he ask him about Harry going into the jungle and I'm a celebrity and it was like it just I don't know, he talked about aliens or something. He was just, Kenny Jacket had no concept of what was going on because it was out of the sphere of football, wasn't it? Is that, is that pretty much the size of it? Yeah, well, Kenny, Kenny is a workaholic. Football's his life. He will watch it every day of the week. What a hard, you know, one of the most hard-working managers you will ever come across. But he's obsessed with football, wouldn't he? Uh, no doubt he can't switch off from at home either. 
Um, no. But yeah, it's, it's just... So they're, they're, they're just different characters. Because we've been used to Kenny for four years, it's just lovely and refreshing, isn't it? Um, mm. and, and Kenny was an absolute gem. He would... You go on pre-season with him, he'd let you talk to anyone, he'd ask you... It, it just Sometimes it, it, you get a phone call from Kev going, oh, Kenny says you want to come down and film this, we're doing boxing practice. Uh, it's brilliant, um, unbelievable. Yeah, the access he gave us, Kenny. You know, sometimes he'd say, can we speak to your, to Phil Boardman, uh, your head of recruitment? He'd be, not a problem, yeah, he'd arrange it for you and things like that. It couldn't have been any mm. more helpful. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just a new person to get to know. and it, It's just exciting, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. One thing we haven't seen yet, though, it's it's all been very positive, hasn't it? We haven't seen a bad result yet. It'll be interesting mm. to see how, how Danny Carly reacts. Yeah. After a defeat, what is what his demeanour's like then? Um, whether he's as upbeat and cheerful, or whether he, he does uh, give a few bad responses if you do ask a question that, that he doesn't like. That'll be the uh, interesting one. I can't see that happening personally myself, like, but. I think that's when we might see the uh, the upside. Yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good point because we always knew with Kenny Jacket, we were after a game, you could ask him hard questions, and uh, you know, not everything's captured on film. I might put this out. We we don't video every time we interview someone. It's very very rare, but you know, you could go and ask hard questions, whether it be on camera or off camera to him, um, and he wouldn't mm. get irritated, would he? Um, no. And and again, it's some managers would hate it. You know, I, I've had yes and no answer treatment by Andy Orford after a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so, some managers would storm off. Paul Hart would stormed off in a pre, uh, a pre-match presser actually. Um, oh yes, yes he uh, did. Uh, yeah, what up Eastley? He did. <laughs> he did. Yes. Uh, and it wasn't even this time. <laughs> not, not this time. And he walked off, and uh, and then the club disputed. He, he walked off, but even though he did, I've got it on dictaphone. He walked off mid-question. Um, oh, well, Harry, blew, Harry blew up every other presser, didn't he? he ever oh, we, we've seen Harry blow up at Alex Crook, didn't he, one time, and, and, and all sorts. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and Hendo. Oh, Again, Hendo. famous Hendo. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on this, couldn't we? Dear me. <laughs> oh, but, but it, it, does, it does happen, you know. And, uh, and uh, let me just say, um, Andy Orford gave me yes, yes no answers twice actually but he did apologize afterwards because he's a decent guy uh you know harry redknapp always calms down and you know moves on and it's just heat of the moment stuff isn't it from managers uh which is fair mm. enough it's part and parcel jacket never exploded ever you could throw anything at him and he would he would t- no. you know, harry uh, sorry uh, jacket at um where was it now afc wimbledon you know when the fans were horrible chanting chanting for his dismissal um, yeah, he, you could ask him about it afterwards, and he'd just, you know, talk about it. At, at Wickham, he had to do his pr- his press in the tunnel because there were mm. fans waiting outside um, by the pitch to to shout at him. Uh, he just gets on with it, doesn't he? So it will be fascinating to see the first lull, the first defeat. How Danny Cowley handles that? Yeah, yeah. Um... We've got to throw it forward a bit now, but we um, we we're getting our crystal ball out as we do every year under orders from our from our gaffer um, to look at the final ten games at this stage when we look at the running. Um, we'll start start with you on the running. I think we're probably going to be all talking from a similar hymn sheet on this one. But mm. uh, um, how do you assess it? It's been a lot made of it, um, the running and what it entails. How does it stack up for you? Well. I think personally, I'd rather be playing the the teams at the bottom of the table and the top, wouldn't you? I know that 
the old saying is, you know, they you know they've got a lot to fight for, etc. And they're fighting for their lives. But um, I listened that that Neil Harris, funny enough, who obviously was in, in in contention for the Pompey manager job, he was on Talksport a couple of weeks ago, and he says, well, they are hard games, but you've got better players than these teams, mm. so more often than not, you should be winning these games. And he's right. You know, you're going to a side like Rochdale who are, who are really, really struggling. Um, Wickham, you know, I know they've been taking over, but didn't help them at Gillingham, did it on um, on Wednesday night. And then teams like Bristol Rovers, you've got Joey Barton going absolutely off his nuts every game, hasn't he? Like he's, he's lambasting anyone who he can. Agenda <laughs> against Bristol Rovers. <laughs> Well, I, 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 that one's passed me, passed me by that, that football wide agenda against Bristol Rangers <laughs> yeah well, absolutely anyone whether it is as I said referees or his so called captain inheritors or his, his predecessors you know so that's another one that struggle and then you go into teams like Swindon who we know I've, I've picked up a little bit but they're down there and you've seen the Fratton Park they were real real lack of quality weren't they um, they obviously, and then even Accrington, we don't know. We, we've been looking at the old games. We've been thinking, who do well, you get with Accrington at the moment? Ones, you don't know who you're going to get, yeah, do you? Exactly. If they, if they, it's a bit of a slump. If they, if they lose the next few games and they're out of the playoff race, I'm not saying they're going to down tools, but they're, they're they're going to be they're going to be safe. Does John Coleman think right? Let's start planning for next season now and have a real real good go at the playoffs because we've we've. Um, Achieved a lot more than we expected this season, so we can genuinely do that. So yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no games that you you really fear, is there? Um, even Burton now after the the Hassel Bank bounces seem to have um seem to have died down a little yeah. bit. So yeah, I'd, I'd look at the running. You you understand that there are teams fighting for their lives, but I'd much rather be playing those teams than playing Sunderland or Hull or, or Peterborough like in the in the last ten games, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Neil, um, Danny Cowley in the presser yesterday, pre- when pressed on the running, referenced looking at the form table, maybe to picture it, telling a different story from the league table. But just uh, before we started the podcast, I think you said you uh, you struggled to get anyone to uh, convince you that this is not a favourable running, wasn't it? Actual. Well, yeah, exactly. Pompey plays seven of the, the sorry six of the bottom seven, and the highest place club they play. Um, or MK Dons in 12th. Now, no one in the world can convince me. Right, look, look, would you rather Pompey play Rochdale, Bristol Rovers, Wigan, AFC Wimbledon, right? Or Hull, Peterborough, Sunderland, mm. Lincoln? Lincoln. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's not It's not even a contest, is it, really? And, and and I know some sides rally at the end of the season. We saw it last year as a Villa fan with Villa. Um, they rallied at the end of the season. Didn't You're they? a Villa so, fan, are you now? Yeah, well, I'll keep that quiet, really. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then they stayed up. But most teams don't. They keep losing. And I'm, I'm mm. sorry, Rochdale, Bristol Rovers, Wigan, AFC Wimbledon, they're not going to win the majority of their games at the bottom. It's, it's not going to happen. And uh, you know, it, it, it is a very favourable fixture list. And Danny Cowling, I know for a fact those fixtures before he took over as well. And he would have looked at them thinking, hmm. Because, you know, if, if you were playing um, nine of the top ten in your final ten games coming into a club, you'd be worried, wouldn't you, really? Would you have mm. taken the job? It, it, it's, mm. it's, it's all very well saying, well, these teams are fighting for their lives. They're still poor teams. 
Newcastle are fighting for their lives. How are they getting on at the moment? You know, Sheffield United are fighting for their lives. How are they getting on at the moment? It, 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 they're still poor teams. And if Pompey want to be a playoff team or above, they have to beat them. And they have to show the better than these teams. They are in theory. We've been told the players are good. Go and do it now because it's a, an excellent fixture list. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps the uh, reasons why Danny Cowley took the job on a short term start to become clearer when when you reflect on <laughs> things like that, like that running, doesn't it? Will, um, Will, just just throwing it forward again to the next three games, I guess, with the absence of John Marcus. Um, just just fairly briefly, a um, couple of minutes to go. How do you um, assess how Pompey come up with the answers now to uh, to play him without a recognised striker? It's slim pickings, isn't it? I think. A lot of people would agree you've got to go Roland Case is probably the most natural striker out of your options. Um Harness is one that you could move centrally and we've seen him early in the season, but he scored two and two now and he's rejuvenated on the right wing, albeit he has different responsibilities. Do you wanna take away that goal scoring threat that he's he's rediscovered already? Do you wanna put him in a new in a new role? No, Ryan Williams, great at pressing as we know, really really works hard, but Lacks a goal scoring threat, three goals all season. Curtis has double figures for the third time in as many years at Fratton Park, and then we go on to someone like Alfie Stanley, who. Let me just step in here, and then, okay, there's been a, a certain element of fans that say, Alfie Stanley, throw him in, give him a go. Yeah, go on yeah it's, it, it's not the time, is it? Um, it's not the time to throw in an, an untested youngster who has played six games this season. Five senior games, um, only you know two in the in the Leeson or Papa John's Trophy. One of them was against West Ham under twenty ones as well. So he's only played one football league side in Cheltenham, and his other three were at Bognor. He's been a victim of the pandemic. No one's fault. It's just worked out like that. Unfortunately, he might go on and have a good career. Obviously, Stanley, um, and he did okay against Luton for the reserves, but it's not time for me. Curtis, unfortunately. He's got to play a makeshift role and at least he gives you that goal scoring threat up there that, that you're not going to have with, with Marcus. And you can play Jacob as well on the left, so it's another way to, to get both of them into the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Cowley clawed close to his chest yesterday, Neil, wasn't it? What, what, what mm. What's your inkling on the way he'll go? Well, look at Alfie Stanley. Alfie Stanley has to be on the bench, doesn't he? You, you, you've got to have him on the bench because he's, well, he's the only striker left. But, but also, mm. he's a local lad. He'll give us everything, won't he? Um, you know, he really wants to do well for the football club. So I'd love to see him on the bench, and I'd imagine he would be on the bench because he needs something to change things around, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the obvious one is Curtis, isn't he? He's played. He made his debut for Pompey up front alongside Pittman. Um, he played there before for Derry. Uh, he played there before for three games before Kenny Jacket left. Um, so his energy, his movement, he's a good finisher. He's a good finisher, Curtis. For me. Curtis and Harness are better finishers than, than John Marquis. They are said it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but they are. So Marcus Harness and, and Ronan Curtis are good finishers with either foot. We've seen it time and time again, from distance with headers. They're, they're, they're very good. So, so um, for me, Curtis put Curtis up front there, and um, and and see what he can do. But uh, it's Hobson's choice. There's not much choice. So that seems the, the obvious one to me, anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. Nicely wrapped up there, lads. Um, that's it from a reinvigorated Pompey talk. Uh, we look forward to optimism and we'll see you again soon.
Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.